Hello and welcome to The Two Tones. The Two Tones are Tony Moclair and Tony DeBolfo. Tony DeBolfo, how Greetings, are you going? Tone. How are you? We are, well, very well. We're up at uh, episode seven. We're up at, uh, well, if you add Chris Jordan, Greg Williams, you get episode <laughs> seven. Who, uh, number seven's fame. I mean, wow. they're two of the greatest players uh, in the history of the club. Brett Ratton and the great Wayne Johnston. Exactly. Um, Dylan Buckley, I think, might have got around seven he for did. a period. And, and now Matt Kennedy... Uh, is doing the number proud uh, uh, circa 2018 tone. But you mentioned, uh, I think, Williams and Judd. Yeah. In those halcyon days of the early mid-90s tone, there was a um, a theory of probability that used to do the rounds. It wasn't the theory of relativity, but the theory of probability, which read Williams plus Kernahead equals goal. Yeah. Or in other words, two plus four equals six. Oh, that's nice. I used to dine out on that one oh. on many a Monday morning after the latest Carlton onslaught, Tony, through 95. Oh. Well, look, that uh, that is in the past. But it, however, based on some of what we saw, a lot of what we saw on the weekend tone, it may not be in the too distant future. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but... Um, you've got to say congratulations, West Coast, 10-9-69 to 10-19-79. We know West Coast were very inaccurate. I'm going to start off, we're going to preview the game, or sort of review the game, but can I firstly say, coming after the horrible game in Adelaide against North Melbourne... In Tassie? Oh, in Tassie. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if the crowd was down to 15,000, given it was a West Coast game. Um, there was a great crowd at the MCG for this game. And that tells... Me, Tony, and perhaps yourself also, that that Carlton people understand where this team is at, but yes. more importantly, where it's going. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. And um, look, you talk about the you know the the uh, inaccurate kicking of West Coast, which I guess was a bit of a mitigating factor. But you know, when you think of the those crucial turnovers, I think Samo's uh, Samo coughing oh. up that goal. Of, Yes, and, and Plowman missing that mark. Yeah, yeah. Well, you 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 take those two uh, errors out of the equation, and we win. Yeah. Uh, so that's how how tight the contest was, I guess, for the most part. And I mean, look, there were so many things to like about this performance, and we don't for one moment accept losses. We don't. Yep. Um, we, we we can't. But but if you look at it in terms of the bigger picture, I mean, Carlton hung in. I mean, that was a great a great thing that they did hang in. Yes, there were lapses again. You know, I think there was something like seven of ten goals kicked in red time in yes. the second and third quarters, which, again, to me, tells me that this is a side that perhaps isn't quite capable of um, turning in solid four-quarter performances at this stage, but obviously it's something they're working on. But putting that to one side, Tone, there was so much to like about... Um, about the performances of some of our players in this game. It's hard to know where to start, actually. Well, that's... Uh, Brenton Bolden mentioned that in the press conference and he was uh, kind of a pains to point out the unity in the group. Yes. And the quiet conviction with, with which Brendan Bolton said, we know where we're going. We know where we're going. That and was that, and that very w- telling. Very telling tone. And that was actually corroborated by Sam Rowe, who okay. said that we as players know where we're at yep. and where, where we have to get to. Um, they they understand the the scenario that that confronts them and they embrace it and and uh, everyone's on the same page and that's Carlton United tone. I'm um, into that tone. Let's start with I think where we should start. The, 
there just aren't words. I mean, I, I don't know how many active words there are in the English language. There aren't enough to dis- and you know what I'm talking about. There, there simply aren't enough superlatives to describe Paddy Cripps. It was first game as captain, the first of many. Um, he is. His legs bestride the ocean. He is godlike. He's a phenomenal footballer, isn't he? And I suppose uh, he was thrown into the deep end literally in Tasmania with uh, Mark Murphy's late withdrawal. So yeah. effectively he captained the team into that into that ah, particular game. Yeah. But uh, given the mantle this week, um, you know, you talk about a captain's game, you know, and, uh, well, this was it, wasn't it? I mean, you know, from the first bounce, the the the, the fellow just contested every, every ball and... Um, Geez, he's a great footballer. And, you know, the, I think if you're playing the same team as Patrick Cripps, you're running down the race behind him and you're following him out onto the ground, you can't help but be inspired by yeah. the way he takes the game on. And uh, uh, he just loves the heat. And, uh, you know, to see him, you know, barnstorming his way out of the centre with, you know, two, three blokes hanging off him yeah. and somehow but firing the ball out to someone, you know, better place, whether it was Zach Fisher or whoever it might have been. No, not only that, 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 that happens at every contest yeah. that he's got blokes hanging off him and yeah. it's his first second third effort he's after that ball like a diabetic is after his insulin it's uh, <laughs> it is uh, it is life and death and him and uh what i was doing was watching it and then turning to the replay or, or you know when they do the live yes. the, uh, of what's going on you get a, a better perspective a better perspective on the big screen Cripp's work rate in the packs is astonishing yes. you watch him he's yeah. He's possessed. Yeah, he is possessed and uh, way betide anyone that gets in his road. I mean, I just love the way. Like, you know, we look here, Tone, at the image of John Nichols, that life-size image of, the, of John Nichols on the uh, wall of the uh, studio here. And, you know, to think that, that Patrick Cripps towers over the, you know, the five-time best and fairest who was a mountain of a man in his yeah. own right, um, it just gives, gives you an idea of where the game's gone, you know, and... Um, what is it now, 40 years plus since uh, the great big Nick retired? Um, you know, he, he's just a mountain of a man, Cripps, and uh, he, uh, as I said earlier, he just attacks the footy. And, um, and you, but Brendan Bolton, uh, I must give the coach credit, he had a great yeah. week. You know, yeah. he, he uh, had a bit of fun through the course of the week trying to get the old cliches one game at a time in mm. response to, you know, a little bit of media criticism, I guess, for the way he was uh, addressing. Carlton's current uh, position, and then to hear him after the game and reflect on on the performance of the players, um, you know, to hear him say about Patrick Cripps, um, we love him. Yeah, uh, I loved hearing him say that. And there was another comment that um, really uh, uh, made my his prick tone was when um, you know Bolton said, uh, "We know where we're heading. Yeah, and it's going to explode." and um, I mean, thinking back to the game now and what we saw of some of the, the young kids that are going to be there for the long haul, you can't help but, but think about that comment and, and realise that, you know, this isn't a case of if but when. And, and let's hope the when is sooner rather than later because it is exciting and there was so much excitement out there led by Cripps. Yeah. I mean, and you've just identified one player uh, in the equation so far because uh, as good as Cripps is... It's about the collective, and there is a lot to like about so many other players. Maybe we'll get to those shortly. Well, why don't we do that now? Just b- before I do that, um, I'm going to get to the stats for Paddy Cripps. 
Uh, a match high, 34 disposals, uh, 19 contested possessions and 11 tackles. Phenomenal. The, the tackles are amazing. One sling tackle, he gets a free kick against him. He repeats exactly the same thing about a quarter and a half later and gets a free kick. That you're you're not casting... Perish the very thought, Tone. <laughs> Parrot, don't get me started on that. I'm like a very boring stuck record. Um, the the other players, uh, Lockie O'Brien got a run. Oh. We saw more of Paddy Dow. Well, yes. A, a, a comment on Lockie O'Brien. Um, in the first quarter, what took my eye there was there was a period uh, through the course of that quarter where they were actually playing through Lockie O'Brien. Lockie O'Brien was this magnificent link man, link yeah. man off half back yeah. that was actually running the ball along the wing and and hitting targets with that glorious raking left foot kick. And you you see glimpses of that and you say, well, this is this is another yeah. sign of where where the players in this team are going to take this club, this football club. And I just love seeing him swing on the left foot, very calm, collected player and does not waste a possession, um, he's only going to get better. This is the frightening aspect of this. These blokes, you know, what, three or four games into their careers yeah. and who knows, you know, the, where this upside will actually end. It's exciting to see it. You look at, you know, moments in the game, well, Petrovsky, Seaton, how, how calm, collected he is with the ball. Yeah. He doesn't panic, you know. He, okay, he made that one um, stuff up, uh, to use the King's English, you know, uh, at the Ponsford Street end. But but by and large, he, he is a player that he just looks like he's been there forever. So um, does Zach Fisher. Zach Fisher, uh, a, a real tearaway. Oh boy, have um, they. I mean, you know how sacred that number is at this club, Tony. Yes, I don't need to tell you. Yes. But it, it, it has... It has been safely entrusted to somebody worthy of it, I think, and I hope I'm not overhyping, but I love watching Zach Fisher play. And I, I think we've heard now from Zach Fisher a couple of times actually comment on the record about the significance of the Guernsey, and, and he gets it. He understands yeah. those who wore it before and how he as custodian you know, must uh, serve to protect the reputation of that number. So... He's just an exciting footballer. You know, there's not much of him, but he, he's he's in and under like one of those little, you know, yappy kelpies yeah. that you see. You know, um, uh, so I just love the way he plays. Um, then, of course, uh, at the other end of the scale, we saw Sam Rowe complete a remarkable return um, with that number he did on on uh, Josh Kennedy. I mean, Kennedy was restricted to one played at the second half. Yeah, I think most second half on the bench. The cynic in me. Says Tone that um, that West Coast are keeping up the sleeve for their home game next week. Yeah, where Kennedy on equal career goals as Peter Sumich oh, may get the opportunity okay. to uh, rewrite the record books. Yes, um, saying in saying that Sam Rowe's experience and his level headedness up back, I think freed up. Uh, Liam Jones. Yeah, who had a great game. Who had a great game. And it just goes to show, you know, we've got a lot of experience out at the moment. But when you get that 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 mix right, you can see the impact that the players at the top end actually have on those that are coming through uh, below. And um, we, we, it's fair to say we probably don't have that balance quite yet with the n- number of players that we have out. But I think Sam uh, Rowe's return to the back line really brought a, a welcome stability to that area that, let's face it, has been savage with the losses of Sam Doherty and yes. Alex Silvani and... Uh, to a lesser extent, Kieran Byrne. So 
so that's just another pleasing aspect of the performance tone. And then I walked out of the rooms yes. and walked straight into Caleb Marchbank and Jakob Vietering. Oh, yes. And thinking, my God, the, these players still would come in. I mean, it, it's, it's mouth-watering, the, the, the prospect, but I digress. And, but, no, we, we haven't even mentioned, I'm going to get to uh, another player whose performance was outstanding. Um uh, go to carltonfc.com.au to see Tony DeBolfo's interview. Tony, your interview with Semi Rowe after the game. Keep in mind Semi Rowe hadn't played or had only just played one or two full VFL games. Am I right there? Yes, yes, yes. Had a couple of runs uh, uh, finding his way back. Having broken down, I think it was, oh, gee, uh, I think it was in June of last year. So, um, you know, I had to go through the complete recovery. Magnificent fellow to talk to, Semi Rowe. Oh, he's so articulate. He's fantastic. Yeah, and, and, and really perhaps. Um, best explained where he felt the the team was at. Um, thanks for the plug there, Tony. It, it is worth a look to, yeah, definitely. to glean Sam Rowe's thoughts. The other player I had the great pleasure of interviewing was Big H at uh, Full Ford, Big Harry McKay. What did you make of it, Tony? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Can I tell you, to, to go to the footy with uh, with Tom Elliott and he had he'd, he'd, uh, organised it so the seats were good, let's just put it that way. So I was right behind Harry for two of those shots. Um, they were platinum goals. Yes. They were, they were the work of a master craftsman. Yes. They were check side, they were on extreme angles and can I just highlight too, the delivery of one of those balls, a kick by Silvani that was a perfectly weighted kick. It was just outstanding. He was on the break, he had options, and he just delivered the ball perfectly. It's a great call you make about Jack Silvani because, yeah, fair to say he's been under the pump of late. You yeah. Know, and, uh, but Jack's the sort of player, he's one of those players that doesn't need to have a lot of the footy to, to make a, a real impact. And I can't help thinking that as this team gets better, Jack's going to become more of an impact player than perhaps he is at this stage. And, yeah. and that that moment you've identified as a classic example of the canny, the canny yeah. football now that Jack Silvani actually has. It was, a, it was a glorious kick. It actually reminded me of something that you might have seen Craig Bradley do yes. in his heyday, um, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s. And, uh, you know, Harry, that Harry was able to, you know, stand and deliver, you know, it, it was so heartwarming, you know. Um, uh, obviously, you look at blokes like Harry McKay, maybe Fisher, and you realise, well, perhaps another year in the weight room isn't going to hurt, you yeah. know. But just to, to look at the raw talent on show, you can't help but being enthused. I'm, I'm, I'm interested here that you said you were in uh, the comfort zone there with Tom Elliott uh, tone because I was... I was wondering where you were at the donut van at halftime. <laughs> but, uh, but all in all, it was magnificent to see that young talent on display. We need to, to, to throw the spotlight on uh, Sam Phillips. I, I, I'm calling him Sam. You, but his nickname is Sauce. Is well, his nickname is Sauce, yes. You call him Sam Phillips, I call him Sauce. And uh, as, as predicted some weeks ago uh, in this very forum, Tony, uh, I... I, I I alerted you to the mouth-watering prospect of, of Carlton's following division being um, uh, <laughs> Zach Fisher, um, Patrick Cripps and uh, Andrew Phillips, or, as you might prefer, 
fish and crips with sauce. <laughs> and it was there on show right, right. for a weekend against West Coast. It didn't it work a treat? Well, it did. I thought uh, Phillips did a great job. He did. Um, he did. This Take cons- on Nick Nat. Yeah, and considering, you know, let's say the run of games, the interrupted run of games that he's had, he uh, looked very much at home out there. He was... He was tackling. Yeah. He was he was throwing himself into the throwing contest. himself into the contest. And what I liked too um, was the way in which he was prepared to back himself yeah. with his set shots for goal from outside yes. fifty. Yes. Now, now you know if if he can if he can slot goals from there, well that obviously brings another dimension to his game and makes him a, a really dangerous player. What we have to hope, you know, we when you think now about the players that we've spoken about most recently, Tone, if you look at Sam Rowe, you look at Harry McKay and Phillips, what we have to hope with all three players is they now get stability into their games. Yeah. We want to see them string games together and, and remaining fit because um, it's only going to be to the to the betterment of the team uh, that, that, that that actually happens. And, um, again, it's exciting. Uh, you know, it's an exciting prospect. Um, I also want to give two thumbs up to the game of Ed Kernow, who oh, yeah. was just... Uh, a cool older head, yep. and uh, he a current projection I think is obviously going to feature prominently in the John Nichols Medal come the end of the year. All going well. Now, Tone, you have what I think is the um, the taxing duty yes. of coming up with the three two ones for Carlton's ten point loss to West Coast Saturday at the G. Yeah, fair call, Tony, uh, and apologies to you know handful of players I think who could have quite easily featured in the votes for Carlton this week. Uh, I'd probably like to uh, you know, point out for an apology um, Liam Jones because yep. I thought his game on Darling was terrific. Uh, however, I've gone one vote to Sam Rowe because I thought first game back after a knee uh, yeah. to, to do the job that he did on, on Josh Kennedy... Um, you know, he's a great player and has given us trouble in oh, recent times. Oh, hell yeah. But can I tell you the joy, the delight? Did you, the the appealed goal for Touched, <laughs> Kennedy's second goal? Yes. Kennedy went berserk at the idea that his goal should have been challenged. Yes, yes. And uh, then when it came back that it was a point, there, there, was, so, quite, there was quite a rousing so cheer. everything you inferred about the men in white about 10 minutes ago, <laughs> so you take back. <laughs> um, Sam Rowe won vote. Yeah. Um, I went for Fish. Oh, he's terrific. For two votes. And yeah. I went for Cripps. For three. How could you not go right. that three votes, Patrick Cripps? That's, a, um, that's an extraordinary performance. Be interesting to see how the umpires do uh, poll at the end of the year because, to me, that's a, that's a three-game before – three-vote performance uh, in the Brownlow, um, even though we, we didn't get the chocolates. So it'd be very interesting to see how those, how those votes uh, pan out. Um, in late September. Now, uh, before previewing the Bulldogs game on Friday night, Tone, I just want to um, get you to uh, expand on something called Sir Swamp Thing. <laughs> Sir Swamp Thing, um, one of the, obviously, the, uh, the great students of our great game of Australian rules, Tone, uh, put something out there on Twitter, I believe, uh, where he, he alerts uh, uh, readers to the fact that... Uh, Patrick Cripps has now, for the second time, uh, got the perfect 10 uh, off the AFL coaches uh, in their um, uh, award system in losing in a losing team. Now, that's uh, those players that have done that previously more than one time to get perfect 10. The losing team in previous seasons include Gary Ablett uh, in 11 and 12. Yeah. Uh, Alex Rance amongst them also and Ryan Griffin. So Patrick Cripps 
is in a lead company now um, that he's polled the perfect score to losing teams um, uh, uh, in the eyes of the coaches who are probably football's greatest um, um, observers, purveyors of, of uh, football flesh. Yeah, yeah. Right. So all power to him. We obviously, if we can get the second part of the equation right now and get Cripps polling BOGs in winning teams, uh, we'll all be happy. I want Cripps cloned. Oh. I, I don't, uh, don't care anything about it. Anyway, now, Tone, um, I guess the, the match committee have uh, something of a, well, look, they've always got a dilemma every week, I guess, but uh, does the team stay as is going in or is anyone coming back from injury who's made a strong case? Oh. I guess we, we won't know. At this stage, we'll know, um, uh, obviously, Thursday. Um, we're yes. recording ahead of that, obviously. But well, uh, yeah, look, I, I can't answer the question at this stage. Tone. It's probably, as you say, a little bit early. But, however, my understanding is that Murph's still a little way away with the, uh, the issue with his foot. Um, Alex Silvani, um, you know, is probably making some progress with his, with his leg injury. Um, not sure who else... Uh, Oh, Cruiser, of course, is the other one. Um, now, I, I, I can't give you an update on, on the diagnosis there. Uh, you'd like to think that maybe the week's rest might have helped the big fella. Yeah. Um, but it does raise an interesting dilemma. You know, if Cruiser's fit, then then how does the dynamic work with Phillips? Um, you know, if, if Cruiser's available, I guess do we see a little bit more of Cruiser heading forward, or maybe mm. he and Phillips alternating off the off the bench. Uh, it'd be very interesting to see what happens with that dynamic because uh, you know we've already spoken about how um, um, emphatic Phillips's first senior game back for the season was in yep. that great one-on-one duel with Nick Nat. So time will tell. He's an extraordinary athlete, Nick Nat. It must be said. Um, now, uh, we're going to preview the round six game between the Bulldogs. This is Friday night. It's at Etihad Stadium. It's an away game for Carlton, uh, unlike the uh, the West Coast game. Uh, it uh, starts at 10 to 8, as I said. It's on Friday. Um, now, this, you would have to say, Tone, is eminently gettable. Oh, it is. You know, I mean, you know, the whole world's been mindful of, uh, uh, you know, the Bulldogs, uh, you know, uh, scenario, I guess, at the moment. They, yeah, they are struggling, it's fair to say. Um, you know, Carlton obviously yet to score a, uh, a four-point result. Um, it's going to be most interesting affair. Um, I, w- I would say Carlton would have come into this game having, you know, um, taken a, a fair bit away from the, uh, mm. the match with West Coast. You know, really... When you when we reflect back on that game, those clangers that really hurt us, plus with the, plus those lapses, you know, in real yeah. time, uh, is something obviously that they can work on, try and address. Um, uh, if if the team can put together a four quarter performance uh, on Friday night against the Bulldogs, well, you'd like to think we're going to be you know thereabouts. Um, Bulldogs, of course, will come back hard. I mean, they've been mm. under enormous scrutiny and. Um, and they will obviously want want to atone, but uh, it's going to be a most fascinating contest, I would say, Tony, this week. And uh, looking forward to um, seeing how it all pans out. Because what's great about it being a current supporter, Tony, is that you know that these young blokes are going to get an, another four quarters of football into their um, 
into their uh, systems. And uh, they're only going to be better for it. The, the growth is going to continue. And let's hope it is fast track because um, it's a mouth-watering prospect to see uh, all these kids, um, you know, emerging as, um, as, you know, bona fide AFL talent. Of, well, uh, you're right, Tony. That's, that's what made the, uh, the West Coast game so exciting because there was... Uh, just so many individual performances yes. by young emerging players, less than 50 games. Yes. You know, these kids are 21, 2019, that sort of thing. Yes. And, uh, you know, you can get along, see Carlton. We may not win, but you are watching, let's say, Zach Fisher in a breakout year. Yes. You, you, you know, you can tell your grandkids that. Um, I'd, uh, can we uh, – can I just pick your brain, Tone, because you are the man to ask. I'm trying to think of players who have played for both – Bulldogs and Carlton, and all I can think of is Simon Minton Connell. Oh yeah, now we've we've had a few along the way. Um, I think uh, Adrian Gallagher ended up at, at uh, the Bulldogs for a stint, uh, if memory serves. Ian Robertson also okay. uh, had a, had a run with the Dogs. Um, Mind you, statistically speaking, there's only three uh, percent of clubs Simon Minton Connell didn't play for. Yes, yes. Well, well, that's a point. Uh, Phil Malin's another one that. Ended oh, up. okay. Out at the kettle. Um, so there's been a few, and I'm sure there's others without without notice that I've probably overlooked. But um, yes, we've had uh, we've had our fair degree of um, of uh, kennel types mm. that have uh, also worn the navy blue with distinction. So um, so there you have it. Just very quickly, Darcy Lang has returned to the VFL this weekend. Yes, yes. He's uh, hasn't played a, a game in the yet. seniors. No. We um, and Levi Casbolt, this is why uh, next week is a a, uh, a landmark game. Levi Casbolt's next game is his 100th. He's the first player in 41 to do it. In the 41. And he, you may recall we mentioned this a little while ago, he completes a sequence now that the numbers 1 to 45 included all on the lockers all carry a name of a 100-game player. His was the last locker not to carry a 100-game player's name. So 45 was that Franchino? Yes, it was. Yes, okay. yes. So, so finally, all numbers one to 45 at Carlton, all the locker, uh, the lockers carry the name of at least one 100 game Carlton player. Levi completes that sequence. So, well, well done, Levi. And I, could I say, Tone, um, just here as well? Um, I, 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 we, yeah, we should say it first. That a couple of years ago. Uh, it's pertinent to say this with the Anzac Day approaching that. Um, Levi's distantly related to um, a great Carlton player named George Chalice, who, who represented Carlton in the 1915 uh, grand final winning team and then was killed in action in France uh, midway through the following year. Wow. Now, uh, on the 100th anniversary of, of, uh, of George Chalice's death, I approached Levi and said, look, um, you may not be aware, but one of your distant relatives died 100 years ago. Would you be prepared to wear a black armband into the next Carlton home game, next Carlton game, in honour of him? And he said, no problem at all. Well, unfortunately, uh, the the game before he was to wear that uh, black armband, Levi was reported and suspended for one match, oh. which unfortunately ruined the moment. So he never got the opportunity. But I guess what I'm trying to say here, Tony, is that... Uh, in the lead-up to Anzac Day, we remember our great fallen here at Carlton. We, yes. lost, we lost 12 men, I think, in the, in the Great War and five more in World War II. Um, so it's this particular week that we do remember them and the sacrifices they made um, uh, for theirs and our country. 
And uh, that sacrifice is permanently honoured here at Icon Park. If you just come in, you'll notice on the left-hand side. Yes, and, and Cheryl, the receptionist, just placed a wreath there uh, in honour of those men to uh, commemorate um, their, uh, their short lives on Anzac Day this week. Always worth remembering. Very quickly, last thing before we go, Tone, uh, Daniel Harford uh, has been confirmed as the uh, Carlton's AFLW coach. Well, that's a real coup. I mean, half played a few games for the club, it must be remembered, uh, having left Hawthorne. And then he had a run with the... Uh, well, he served as a coach of the Collingwood AFLW team uh, until recently. So, half fantastic that you've seen the air of your ways. You've yes. left the dark side and you've come to a real football club. So, well done. All power to you, pal. We don't bear grudges here. And uh, good luck for season 2019. Uh, Tony DeVolfo, uh, great to have a chat as always. Uh, I felt a lot more bright and chipper this week, Tone, talking shop with you. Uh, let's hope this uh, momentum continues for the team and uh, we bring home the bacon against the uh, the Bulldogs. Well, it's about getting games into a very talented young group. Amen, brother. Uh, this has been The Two Tones. I'm Tony Moakley. Thanks to our producer, Lucy, and we will catch you next week.